0: Alright, yes it is. It's a Thursday, September 3rd and welcome. You're watching video right now of a slopper eating contest. This is in 2019. It's the world champion slopper eating contest, Colorado State Fair, right in our backyard and today's going to be a great show. Thanks for tuning in. Again, a Thursday. Uh, Looking forward to a great weekend too. In the meantime and in between time, aside of Jay Parker and Brian Freeman, I'm Greg Holland back and uh, I'm just going to get right to it and introduce our guests. The first guest that I would like to introduce to our show is Darren Breeden. He is the slopper-eating champ, and it's good to see you, Darren. How are you? I'm good,
1: man. It's an absolute pleasure to be on.
0: Oh, it's good to see you. First of all... what? A slopper? I can see you eating. We've got a side to side video of you right now from last year. It doesn't look easy, but I want you to describe uh, you were there so you can picture it. We're playing video of you last year just drinking and eating and getting going. Uh, talk about a slopper in the contest if you would.
1: Yes, I actually believe it or not, I didn't even know what a slopper was until I competed at the event. So I found out, okay, you know, in a few weeks from now, I'm gonna be eating a lot of sloppers. So I hope I like this stuff. Thankfully, I did. I found out that it was an open-faced burger with a chili sauce on it, and I didn't really practice it for it, per se, except for just working on my uh, building up my stomach capacity, so to speak. But other than that, I just winged it right there on the spot. So basic strategy going in, just grabbing the burger, taking a few bites out of it, chasing it down with some fluids, rinse and repeat for eight minutes. (laughs)
0: Unbelievable. <laughs> Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. I mean, and that's a pretty bold thing. But look, I'm I'm going to guess you're probably what about five eleven and 170 pounds.
1: Close, uh, six foot
0: 180. Six foot 180. So, I mean, you're not a huge guy by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm looking at what the stats were here. Uh, You put down, last year, Darren Breed, in 28 and a quarter sloppers in eight minutes. And uh, that's pretty remarkable.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Definitely takes a good mix of uh, tenacity and stupidity, that's for sure.
0: So how many contestants did you face up against last year in the slop breeding contest?
1: I don't remember the exact number, but I think there were about 10 of us.
0: Ten of you getting going, and I'm looking at now. You were sitting right next to a young lady who re- actually put up a fight and came in second. She, uh, Michelle Lesko, 18 uh, sloppers in, what is it, 5.3? Wait, what am I looking at here? Michelle Lesko, 18.5 uh, is what she had in the same amount of time. She I wasn't guess, even eight close, no, but, I mean, listen, that, yeah, you did win a, it, with a good margin there, Darren. Um, what's your background? Are, are you a professional eater? And when somebody says professional eating, what does that even mean?
1: That's an excellent question. I am a professional eater, but that's my weekend hustle as of now. I'd like to make it a full-time gig, but full-time I am a teacher.
0: Can you make money at this?
1: Oh, yes, money can definitely be made. Right now, I don't make enough for it to be my main source of income, but it's a nice little side hustle because a lot of these contests they pay out money, and then in addition, we usually do other things too to promote our brand. Like for me, instance, uh, I have a YouTube channel, Darren Eats. Make sure to check it out. But um, wait, what yeah, is it again? I come from that. Uh, Darren Eats.
0: Darren Eats. Okay, got nice, it. Nice. Yeah, we'll be looking at that for sure. All right, now we have to ask you the questions that are on everybody's brain. Right? Um, what do you do post uh, eating competition? How do you make yourself feel? better, Or do you feel just fine? Like, hey, I'm ready to go out to dinner or something.
1: It depends on the amount of food. Honestly, anything less than 10 pounds, I feel fine. Anything over that, I feel a little rough. And I'm not
2: going to
0: lie. There had been some
1: instances where I made a quick exit after the contest. So that's up <laughs> to interpretation. But.
0: Yeah, that is up to interpretation. Uh, what, what were the other questions we wanted to ask? him, Jay, what was the first one you asked?
3: Um, I asked him kind of the same. I'm like, hey, do I'm like, do you puke after a thing? I mean, is that a thing? Because I don't know, and it wasn't on the broadcast. Now it's on the broadcast, um, and he said, you know, it just depends. Yeah, <laughs> like it, anything else, it, it depends. It, it just depends. Well, I'm
2: curious though, Darren. You are the oyster eating champion too. So there's a big difference, right, between eating oysters, hot dogs. I don't know and how you burgers. could do
0: the oysters though. Oh man,
2: how many oysters, Darren?
1: With the oysters, uh. Last year that I did it, I think I ate 44 dozen in eight minutes.
0: 44
2: dozen. dozen.
0: in eight minutes. (laughs) I mean, so folks, do
2: you have, that's like close to 500 oysters. That's insane. (laughs) That is insane. Nice work, Darren. (laughs) What's the
0: technique to that one, Darren?
1: Well, oysters, uh, there's not much to it because all you do is scoop it out of the half shell and swallow it whole. That's all there is to it. Oh, Once again, f- rinse
0: and repeat. <laughs> rinse and repeat.
2: Well, and, and Darren, there's this, there's this body movement that you start getting, I noticed, during this, uh, last year's, where it's like you're almost throwing it down physically. What's that about?
1: It gets to that point because well, this isn't really a picnic. I'm not there to enjoy the food, unfortunately. So I'm trying to get down as many sloppers as humanly possible in that amount of time. And I'll try to use whatever – you know. And you have to get it done. I just find I that, I like that it makes it a little easier
0: to Interesting. Interesting. All right. I just published a poll on the stream. Have you ever had a slopper? The three answers are yes, no, and say what. Here's a great opportunity to turn our attention. So, uh, Darren, he's going to be coming into town. Darren Breeden, a slopper-eating champion. He's in Virginia right now, but we'll zoom all the way to Pueblo, Colorado, and that's where we'll meet up right now with Carrie Fetty, owner of Gray's Coors Tavern in Pueblo, home of the slopper. How's it going, Carrie?
3: They have to unmute themselves
0: here. There we go. We we got you. So, slopper-eating contest, gals, and I believe we have... uh, Who do we have with us? Uh, Donnell and Darren... I'm sorry, Danelle, Darren, and Carrie are here with us. So from Gray's Coors Tavern, first of all, home of the slopper, you probably would like to have a little better presentation when it's being uh, in a contest. But at the end of the day, people really want to go get a slopper, but it's built a little differently, and we're going to take a look at how you build a slopper too. Hi, ladies. How are you? Good.
4: We're doing great. It's a little loud because uh, Pueblo loves sloppers, so they're eating a lot of them right now.
0: Great, nice. Completely
4: full in here, so.
0: Tell us about Gray's Coors Tavern, and tell us about the slopper.
5: Well, the bar actually opened in 1943, and um, it was actually mostly just railroaders would come in, and uh, it was started off as a distributorship from adolph coors he sent one of his guys down to open a bar or distributorship and he met with a guy named johnny greco and they opened coors tavern and in 1983 my parents bought the bar and then in 19 i'm sorry in 2018 my brothers and i bought out my cousin donnie who was also involved in the bar and um it's just been around for years and years and um in 1950, a guy named Herb K. Spear came in and he, at that time, all they ordered, all they had at the bar was burgers and chili, red chili. And he ordered a burger, but he said he wanted it covered in red chili. And he said, at my house, we call that a slopper. And so from there became the birthplace of the slopper right here in Gray's Coors Tavern. Well, then it was Johnny's Coors Tavern, but we've moved it now. It's changed to Grace Coors Tavern since my parents had bought it in, like I said, 1983
0: so so it's red
2: chili, and in
5: about 19 i think it was in 1985 we decided they they started serving green chili
2: and now there's a few different different, there's a few different versions carrie i'm noticing some of the versions i see have french fry it's a burger french fries on top of that and then green chili and onions over the whole thing what what's the version you can get
5: it with we do all of them that it's it started out with just the burger and the chili and then people started asking when we started selling fries probably about 10 years uh, i don't know about five years ago people started adding fries to it people put eggs in it um a lot of people like onions on it we do it uh, grilled or raw onions um you can put pueblo chilies over the top of it and we get our pueblo chilies from brian Kreitz. And uh, I mean, there's really no end to the way people are ordered sloppers around here.
0: Nice. What do you think about it being featured in an eating competition? Does that help out, or does that kind of diminish the slopper? What are your thoughts?
5: I'm sorry, I couldn't hear what did you ask?
0: I said, what do you think about the slopper being featured in an eating competition?
5: It's definitely interesting to see. I mean I've seen people eat them fast but never as fast as I saw this gentleman eat it last year. It was It was quite something.
4: <laughs>
5: I, I couldn't look away but I really wanted to at some point.
0: <laughs> so what what's the yeah what's the version that, that they use in the contest itself? Darren, is it what?
5: It's just the, the bun, the, the, the hamburger patty and the green chili. And I don't think they, well, they might have put onions on it, but I don't think they did. I think it was just uh, the bun, the burger, and the green chili smothered.
0: Okay, tell us the truth, Carrie. Have you tried to see how many you can eat?
5: No, I haven't personally. um, Although, the most impressive thing I've seen at this bar was a guy who did the incline in uh, Colorado Springs. He came down and he had a 12-patty sloper, and he ate it completely gone and I thought at that point we probably need a defibrillator at the bar because <laughs> I was really impressed by that.
0: We're going to make a sloppers. You
5: did get a free
4: t-shirt.
0: <laughs> So, so uh, who is Don? Because it shows from in the full results that Don from Gray's Coors Tavern Lounge uh, ate ni- eight uh, of them.
4: Uh, I don't know. I couldn't hear you again. I'm sorry.
5: It's so loud in here.
2: Never mind. Um. <laughs> no, it was Don. <laughs> Curious about Don. Is he one of your employees that was in last year's competition?
5: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Donnie was here last, Yeah. He's, he's one of our employees. Unfortunately, he's become ill, and he can no longer work down here, which we're very, very sad about it. But, yeah, he's one of our, he's been around here forever, and we, we all love Don Maldonado. Yeah.
6: Well,
0: I hope it wasn't eating nine sloppers that did it to him.
5: <laughs> no,
4: <Right>. no.
0: <laughs> okay, so what we want to do, how are you on time, uh, Darren? Are you okay? Because we're going to make a slopper live. You're good. Okay, so Darren Breeden, this is a champion, a uh, true champion, slopper-eating champion, and also Oyster. He's got two two titles. What other titles have you tried to go after, Darren?
1: Uh, I actually have a title for cheese curds as well. And I also have the title for Oreos and milk.
2: Yeah, that's the one I want. Oreos right, and let, milk. Let's have that competition here. When you're done, we'll just make them blizzards, and who can who can uh, <laughs> okay. get the biggest brain freeze? <laughs> <laughs> How many Oreos
0: and milk did were you able to consume?
1: Oh, uh, it was actually a speed contest. So it was a family packed Oreos and a half can of milk. And stuff, the fastest? And it took me I think two minutes and twenty seconds, something like that.
0: Oh, not bad at all.
3: Hey, Darren, it's Jay here. What what kind of uh, preparation goes into, you know, the day before and, or the day of eating contest? Do you, do you eat at all? Do you not eat? How do you get your stomach to stretch? That sort of thing.
1: Question, uh, the day before, I eat very white, and I make sure 24 hours before the contest takes place I'm not eating anything. I try to keep the stomach stretched with uh, fluids and whatnot, so drinking gallons of water and keeping it stretched and the day of i don't eat anything
0: wow there is effort that goes into that as well um some of your competition uh who do you learn from who 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 are you who do you admire in the business
1: well honestly it's important to study tape from a variety of different eaters and getting the best from all of them and picking and choosing Little things that they do, and then making your own style. Really, I um, watch Joey Chestnut, uh, Jeff Asper, uh, Matt Stoney.
0: These are all uh, eating champions, yeah. and it's a worldwide thing. So, if somebody's out there and like, look, I, I could eat competitively. How do I find a competition? Is there a, a blog or a Facebook group for competitive eating, or how would somebody go about even finding out what's up there? Uh, for competitive eating?
1: Uh, Yes. Uh, Me personally, I'm a part of Major League Eating, as you had mentioned before. Major League Eating on their website, majorleagueeating.com. They post the events that they're going to have for that year. And then from there, I'll sign up and register for an event and go to it and hope for the best, really.
3: (laughs) Gotcha. Do you practice ahead of time? Like if it's jalapenos or something, do you practice that food? Or do you just go into it like, I can eat a lot and here we go.
1: It depends. Like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, I will prepare for because that's something that I can really prepare because I just have to go buy some hot dogs and cook it up. But a slopper, well, first all, I didn't even know what it was, so I had no idea how I would even prepare it. But um, I think a slopper, just for me with my culinary skill set, would be hard to replicate. So I'm just going in there with a the basic capacity training.
0: All right, here's one for you What foods would you absolutely not be able to do?
1: Honestly, I would do anything in competition as long as the kashish is there. But um, <laughs> I prefer not eating onions.
0: <laughs> onions? Is that what you said? mm mm-hmm. Okay. One, one, okay. okay. Greg, How about so. would, you, would you eat bugs? Yeah, sure. Why not?
2: What's and interesting, not you try it, right? it's, this is there's a whole online betting around. Since COVID, I've been doing some research, and Darren has done events out of his house. Competing against other people. Oh, online? Online. Yeah. I mean, Darren, you're a stud. There's, there's more video of you out there than yeah. uh, one could uh, watch in a day.
0: <laughs> ah, that's <laughs> right.
2: That's right. Hey, uh,
0: <laughs> how about um, – so uh, what's your prediction of sloppers that you'll be able to put down this year? I think I'll definitely be 30 plus for sure. You have to defend your title, right? Oh, yes, sir. Now they're bringing Joey, in- I'm
1: sorry, buddy, but uh, you're going to be sloppy seconds.
0: <laughs> nice. That's what I want to do. So you're, you're bringing out the guns, and you've got to defend your title. But uh, who do you figure you just mentioned him? But who do you figure is your biggest competition this year?
1: I would say Joey Chestnut, and also another gentleman by the name of Jeff Esper.
0: Okay, here's what I want to do. If we can break off, I want to come back. And I grew up to the uh, Mean Gene Okerlund Professional Wrestling. you, You remember that? Where they'd get the two wrestlers in the same room and they would talk. I want you to give a direct message to Joey Chestnuts when we get back, Okay. I will do. Okay, we're going to do that, and then we're also going to watch a slopper be made at Gray's Coors Tavern. This is a cool one, and thank you to the Pueblo Chamber of Commerce for turning us on to this one. We're going to be featuring the Pueblo area uh, quite a bit as we travel through town during the Chili Festival. The slopper competition is what's happening. uh, What's the date of the slopper competition? Because I think people are going to be able to tune in online this year and watch it.
2: September 26th uh, at 1
0: p.m. Sorry, Brian interrupted you there. What's the date on that?
1: Uh, it's going to be this Saturday, September
0: 5th, and it'll be taking place at 1 p.m. Mountain Time. Oh, and we can all watch it online? Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, we're going to come back with Darren Breeden, and we're also going to head in to Gray's Coors Tavern's kitchen and uh, at 2.40, Mark Antonation from Westward Magazine is going to join us as well. Westward just did a piece on the slop reading competition. You're getting suppressed, man. It's going to be a good event. You better be coming locked and loaded. You might not want to eat about 48 hours beforehand. You've been drinking your fluids <laughs> now? Yes, sir. Okay. Let's break. Jay, are you ready? All right, we'll come right back. You are about to hear from Rome Sausage, Colorado Mills, and the Spice Guy. That's up next, and then uh, I'll talk about Jeff Rourke and A Plus Beverage Solution we'll uh, resume this show here momentarily the modern
7: eater on uh, fr- from studio kitchen colorado hey guys chris johnson here owner of rome sausage your hyper local source for all things sausage awesomeness my family is proud to carry on the fine traditions of rome's founder jerry rome by producing a variety of amazing sausage in small batches with an eye on quality not quantity every patch is made here in the great state of colorado By hand-mixing spices, utilizing lean cuts of pork to make an outstanding product. Sourcing ingredients and materials locally, we are committed to supporting local vendors, chefs, restaurants, and the entire Colorado food scene. Getting hungry yet? Brats, Italian, breakfast, hot Polish, green chili, chicken apple, and the world's best chorizo. You can source all of our sausage through a variety of food service distributors. If your distributor doesn't carry it, call us. We'll come direct. You want a custom item? We'll do that too. Samples and, of course, sausage jokes can be had by contacting me directly at chris at com or by phone at 303-296-7663. The modern eater loves Rome sausage, and I know you will too.
0: (laughs) Hey, Zach Ryder here,
8: Colorado Mills Sunflower Products out of Lamar, Colorado, your only local source
1: grown from a local crop to produce a local oil for local chefs. You can find it at Shamrock Foods, What Chefs Want, Seattle Fish Company. Uh, Let me try it one more time then we'll see. Hey restaurants, we're glad you're reopening from Colorado Mills Sunflower Oil. We'll see you soon.
2: (laughs) First, we partner with the best farmers in the world and then we tell them, we will take it all. Process whole spices daily, blend custom spices to order, keep it fresh, safe, and flavorful, all so that you can get back to doing what you do best. So whether you're a restaurant, a food manufacturer, or an at-home cook, be sure to visit The Spice Guy at www.thespiceguyco.com.
0: Okay, back to the show, and this is a good one. Talking about the slopper eating contest that's going to be happening this weekend. We'll tell you more on how you can watch it and tune in if you like watching that um, professional eating. In the meantime, and we're also going to make a slopper down there at uh, Grace Coors Tavern with Kerry uh, Fetty. Uh, Jeff Roark and A Plus Beverage Solutions. He's the man. If you need that co- custom install, Brian, he'll get right on down there and do it. The, the, the install of your dreams. The best tap system you could ever possibly want.
2: What if I just need my lines cleaned up? If
0: you need maintenance, you can do that, too. Jeff Rourke at A-Plus Beverage Solutions, one of the most trusted men in the business, and he's a local guy, but they fly him all over the country for his expertise. Why? Well, because he's the best. He is the best. All you have to do is get a hold of him, but I want to ask you a question. It's a serious question. What are you doing if you're pouring inefficient beer? You're pouring, pouring your, your money, money down, down the, the drain. drain. Please don't pour your money down the drain. It's a quick phone call away. 720-272-3809. Uh, man, let me get a pen. That was too quick? Yeah. 720-272-3809. It's Jeff Rourke and A Plus Beverage Solutions. Welcome back. Next segment, Mark Antonation from Westward. A big piece in Westward about the Slopper Eating Contest. Online with us right now is Darren Breeden, the Slopper Eating Champ from 2019. Uh, he could put away quite a few of them. And Kerry uh, Fetti, owner of Gray's Coors Tavern, will be back with us here momentarily. Okay, I commissioned you. I commissioned you, Darren, with a um, a direct message to Joey Chestnut. Okay, uh, kind of uh, you know WWE style. So what you're going to do is slate your name, who you are, and what you're going to be doing, and just tear it up. Go ahead, Darren.
1: Hey, my name is Darren Breeden, 2019 and 2020 World Slopper Eating Champion. Joey, you might be the king of hot dogs, you might have bested me at that, but there's three things that I'm better at than you. One, eating cheese curds. Two, I'm better looking. And three, I can eat more sloppers than you. <laughs> Tell me what you got. Yeah. You there or B Square, Saturday. September
0: fifth. That's perfect,
6: man. I love it. All right,
0: we we love that one. We're gonna cut that one out. We'll even send it to you too. You can throw it out there on your social media. Love it. Again, Darren Breen here with us. Hey, uh, just before we were talking off air before the show, but I thought it was worth mentioning again. There are people all the way around the world that contact that love to watch people eat. What is it with people that have a, a voyeuristic fetish to watch other people eat? What's the strangest thing that you someone's ever reached out to you with a request for?
1: Well, uh, I've had some folks ask me to take pictures of my belly after a eating contest, and uh, I would definitely have to say that's probably been
0: the uh, strangest inquiry I've had. <laughs> now you do take a picture of your belly after you eat in a competition, don't you? Money talks. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, man. We'll have to um, pick that one up a little bit later because uh, people are emailing me right now wanting to see such thing. I've got a poll up on the stream. Have you ever had a slopper? 43% say yes. 29% say no. And say what is 29% too? Uh, A slopper, it's an interesting name. All right, let's watch one get created and built. So down to Pueblo, Colorado, and thanks to the Pueblo Chamber of Commerce for connecting us, Carrie Carrie Fetty, owner of Gray's Coors Tavern. Uh, Welcome back, and we're going to take a little tour of the kitchen and watch you build a slopper for us.
4: So Carrie had to step away, so I'm filling in really fast. Um, I don't know. My name's Danielle. Oh, here comes Carrie. Um, anyway, um, I'm with the Greater Public Chamber and the Public Chili Growers Association so we helped to sponsor the event and Coors is a huge uh, partner for us uh, when it comes to talking about amazing sloppers and so Carrie's back, she had a little, uh, Hello. She, she, we are working here, we're working here people, we're working. So, uh, but we're gonna st- step in and take a look at a and Carrie, do you want to walk them through what a supper looks like? Um, and I'll flip well, the camera. And here we go. Doesn't look like they're making one right now. Oh no. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna start. We're in the kitchen. It's kind of loud. With some premium ground beef. Yes. And then what? And that, well, first you put the bun. The,
5: the bun starts it on the bottom of the bowl.
4: When you guys are ready, will you help us make a flopper for the camera? Because we got one ready in a minute. Yeah. Of course, we're not on time. That's right. Keep going. They got to cook. They got to cook the burger. All right. But tell them about the Okay. All right. right, Here we go. This is Tony. Smile. Smile, Tony. What's (laughs) happening, Tony? Keep smiling.
6: Single flopper, the open face burger. We got two patties, three ounces each, two slices of American cheese on open-faced bread, uh, green
4: chili. And what makes our green chili so special?
6: Well, uh, I'd I have to say it's the uh, oh. like, here.
4: And, and, and Pueblo green chilies in it, not that hatched New Mexico stuff. <laughs> uh, we do use hatched.
2: It is really hey! Uh, <laughs> easy now, easy now. Tony, you want a job? <laughs>
4: I know, right? T- T- Tony, is, this is his last day. Everybody say goodbye to
0: Tony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tony. We got you. Okay,
4: and then what happens, Tony, after that? Now, they onions. This one's going to get grilled onions, so it'll be
6: just a moment beforehand. Again, we'll throw it out, typically with some
4: oyster crackers. And... I hopefully enjoy Nice. So sometimes they get topped with their uh, French fries. And then other people like myself love just the oyster crackers that go on the side. And they put those on top to give it a little crunch. All
0: right. Show us how. So that's
4: the way, Darren, when you come to Pueblo and uh, you can actually enjoy some food, uh, we'd love to have you. At Coors Tavern to actually enjoy a real slopper, yeah, right, Carrie? A
5: real slopper. Come on down
0: and taste one. Yeah. Well, we're going to do that very same thing. We're going to be down there the third week of September to join you, and we will definitely at the top of our list have a slopper. And I think I'm going to go – I'm going to try it with the fries. I'm going to try it with the fries on top. It sounds That's good. That's a
4: good call. You.
0: Perfect. And then you, ju- you just throw that on a, on a plate and, and eat it with a fork then, huh?
4: It's, uh, it's actually usually served in, a, so see the little bowls up there? Uh-huh. In a bowl. Yeah. There you go. Oh, that looks perfect. Yep.
0: All right. This one is to go. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. We will see you soon. And, again, give a, a plug for Gray's Coors Tavern, the 30-second elevator speech of why folks should come and see you.
4: That's right. And don't forget uh, to buy Pueblo Chili often and a lot
0: yes absolutely thank you guys we're going to jump back to darren here for a second and wrap this baby up uh darren you saw it that, that's kind of in, in, in the form of of how you would eat uh eat it regularly and not in competition it looks good doesn't it
1: oh looks absolutely delicious and actually the contest ones look similar because it's an open-faced cheeseburger like that with a chili sauce and pop i would love to eat it in a civilian capacity i The ones I had at the contest, they were delicious. I just don't want to eat
0: 30 of them. (laughs) Give us an idea of what you eat on a daily basis. Daily basis, unfortunately, it's
1: nothing too glamorous. I just eat regular portions and I'll eat anything, really. Just not in absurd
0: portions. (laughs) How did you find out that you had this talent to be able to eat a large quantity of food?
1: Well, about uh, five years ago, when I was living in Japan teaching English over there, I went to a restaurant that had a main versus food style challenge. I think it was like five pounds of curry rice. I had to eat that in 30 minutes or something like that to get the meal free. And I ended up eating it in six minutes. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, free food and you get some notoriety for it. Sign me up. So...
0: Man, this is, like, I could hang out with this guy. I know. Well, he's just a nice, regular guy. <laughs> totally. I, I love it. Like, you're my, the, your fan favorite, right? I, I mean, I think you're going to defend your title. I don't see why you wouldn't. Um, well,
2: you know, it's sort of East versus West,
0: mm-hmm. you know, because
2: Joey's that uh, California kid. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I like to see it, though. Darren's going to kick it in.
0: Now, it's, it's counter uh, counterintuitive thought process to think that a big guy would be, you know, a a heavy set guy would be able to eat more food. Is that true, or or what's the thought behind that?
1: There is truth to it. Reason being, a larger individual, their stomach's not able to stretch as much because their abdominal cavity is full of fat tissue, so it only stretches out to the fat, whereas if you're a trimmer and don't have as much fat, your stomach can keep expanding.
0: Have you gained any weight by competitive eating, or do you just have that metabolism to where you stay the same?
1: Uh, no, I haven't gained any weight from competitive eating, and any weight gain that I do have is usually intentional. Mm-hmm.
0: And um, hey, I got an yeah. idea, man. Do this competition; it'll set you apart from every. Do the competition with your shirt off. <laughs> Like it. And like then, it. and then write. Do you have sponsors,
2: or just like a half shirt,
0: even? <laughs> Dude, can we oh, get you? Right. To, can we get you to write the modern eater on your chest? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm, I mean, I'm serious about this.
1: You can do that. I can write it on my chest. You, you yeah, yeah, eat. yeah.
0: All right, <laughs> uh, but we, we, will you eat with your shirt off?
1: I'm telling. That's you. for me because I've tried that before. I won contest, but they told me to put my shirt back on.
2: <laughs> oh, really? I wonder why. Hey, so. do you have that little uh, Buddha belly? You know how so, some people hey, that can costs eat, money and, then, for they, and to... then they make that big Buddha belly. Have you ever seen that? Some of those eaters you can do. It right. Yes, actually, it's funny
1: because um, right after a contest, I look nine months pregnant, except my baby is a uh, thirty floppers.
0: <laughs>
1: now I know you
0: charge for this, right? But stand up, pull your shirt up, and push your belly out. Right now? Yeah, right now. Do you got it? I mean,
1: there's because I don't. Ooh, he's I'm getting not. the side angle.
0: <laughs> push that gut. Uh, push look it at out. That. Can you push it out? Let's see. Let's see. That's all you can push it out. Wow.
2: I can it. it requires
0: food to push it out. Jeez. That is
2: amazing that he's so skinny and he yes. can
0: eat so much. I know. I know. So with COVID, man, is there any difference that between this year and last year as far as procedures go? And you know, Because there's going to be slopper going everywhere, isn't there?
6: Um,
1: I think they're telling me we're going to be socially distanced because usually they'll cram a bunch of us on the stage, as you saw from last year's footage. But I think they're going to you know, socially distance us six feet apart. They might have a barricade because I know at the uh, Nathan's Hot House, they had a little plexiglass chamber that we had to eat in, which was interesting. And um, I think there's going to be no crowd. I'm not 100% sure. But.
0: Well, they are streaming it live. We probably should have asked uh, Danielle this of how they're going to get it out there. I think they're streaming it live for sure. Do you know the details of how people can tune in? I'm not 100% sure.
1: I heard that it was going to be a live stream. But even if it's not a live stream, I was Myself for my YouTube channel. If you well, want to
0: check it out? If if it's not, and you have that, we will we will disseminate the content live during that. If you want to link up, do you have a, So you have a YouTube channel, right? And not a Facebook page.
1: Uh, I have a personal Facebook page, but I do have a YouTube.
0: Yeah, because we can restream to your YouTube too. Let me know if you're going to put a camera up there, because we can definitely push that out to. But I'll bet you they're going to push it. It says
2: it's on the Colorado State Fair website. Colorado State Fair. Streaming
0: live. That makes sense on the Colorado State Fair website. That makes sense. So when are you leaving to get into town here? Uh, Actually, the day of the contest. So. (laughs) The day of, which is Saturday, Mm -hmm. huh?
2: Will you fly in and fly out, Darren, or will you be in town for any amount of time? I'll be flying
0: out Sunday morning. Gotcha. So you got one night to just lay in misery in your bed. (laughs) (laughs) Are they putting you up in a nice place?
1: Um, Actually, I have not found a place yet, so I need to get on that.
0: (laughs) You better get on that, man. Uh, And then what's the prize if you win?
1: Uh, It's uh, $2,000, and of course, though, the title of eating Champion and Notoriety. Yeah, you, you want that. Do you have any other titles in your sights? Well, at some point, the Nathan's Hot dog eating Team. Are
0: you going to go after that?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah, why wouldn't you? You just seem like a really fun, nice guy. And I, I mean, I want you to win everything that you do. I just want you to win in life, man. Uh, fantastic. And listen, I was being a little bit funny, but I would love it if you did. Put the modern eater on you, so you somehow. Maybe like a, a oh, forehead cool. tat oh, yeah. or a neck. <laughs> okay. t- How about I'm the mon- my total, uh, stamp,
2: stamp. <laughs> Yeah, let's not go small. Uh-
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I think you, I think you're doing good things, and if you can um, somehow bring some awareness to a cause through your um, your demeanor and what you do, are there any causes that you follow? Um,
1: not right now, but I've done a fundraisers in the past for student scholarships. That's
0: fantastic.
2: I bet. And you're a teacher, you said. I bet all your kids watch you and cheer you on, don't they?
1: It depends. Some students really dig it, and some other students. Oh, it doesn't have to do with Fortnite, so you're irrelevant. (laughs) Oh,
0: my God. That's great, man. This is uh, Darren Breeden. He's a good guy. He's a slopper champion. He's coming to defend his title to Pueblo, Colorado, and uh, off the Colorado State Fair website, is that right, Brian? Yep. You'll be able to Colorado watch it stream Fair live. Website. This Saturday, at what time? What time is go time?
1: It is uh, 1 p.m. Mountain time.
0: Okay. I'm assuming you don't have dinner reservations anywhere. No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> okay, brother. It was so much fun catching up to you. Best of luck. And uh, just continue doing what you're doing. And I'm glad you're having a good time. It's good to see it.
1: Pleasure. So, thank you. Yeah, Good luck. Good back. luck,
0: Darren. Uh, that was Darren Breeden, Slopper eating champion. I, you know what? That, that, that's an interesting thing. Professional eating, Brian. Um, I, I never really understood it, but I do think it's something that if you sit down and start watching it, you can't take your eyes away from. Oh, it. Oh, when
2: we were when I was doing a little background work for this today, you get it's addicting watching. I was looking at all of his videos, and I'm watching. And seeing, like, because he's done ramen contests. He just, over and over, it's how much can Look I throw it, let's down? Let's show a
0: little bit more of this video from last year. Look at how these guys are eating. I mean, oh, jeez. See, now, I, m- me personally, I'm one of those people that has a really weak stomach. And it's just watching stuff, too, looking at it. But right now, just these heaves and these, I, I don't think I could have made it through this. And if, especially if somebody else's stuff would touch my hand or get on me in any way, <laughs> I would lose it. And then what do they do if somebody does... Lose their cookies on stage there, there'd have to be a domino. Uh, well, it's like almost like a
2: reset. Well, but what if someone barfs all over someone
0: else's food? Like, yeah, it's just this contest ends. Well, at that I mean, point, you know, right? I, I
3: mean, I'm sure you know things like that happen, but also, I mean, at least the video you're showing, like all oh, those people, that's not their first time. I'll bet doing you that's this, Don you know? from Coors
0: yeah. Tavern right there. So these people will be back at it standing by. We're gonna break away real quick, we'll come back. He's the man. His name's Mark Antonation from Westward, and we need to check in and just talk about some openings and some closing and what we're seeing as far as movement here uh, in Colorado with the restaurants. It's an interesting time that we're living in, and uh, we'll take a break. You're going to hear from some great local sponsors, Hot Schedules and Iron Mills, and when we get back, you'll also hear Jay talk about Aspen Baking. Be right back with Mark Antonation on The Modern Eater Show.
4: Hi guys, it's Rebecca Barry with Hot Schedules powered by 4th. With all of the recent COVID rules and regulations, you may feel like you have way too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, fortunately, 4th is the leading hospitality provider and partner when it comes to onboarding, HR, payroll tax and compliance needs. So that way you can keep all of those cooks in the kitchen and let us manage all of your administrative needs. That way you can focus back on your business and your growth plans. Give me a call for an analysis on how we can put that ROI back into your business and take those administrative burdens off your hands because nobody likes handling taxes. That's at at Forth.com. And hey, you know what's cool, guys? Keeping your mask on, so that way we can keep our doors open.
1: Hey, Modern Eater fans. I'm Don Trobo with The Annex by Ardent Mills, and I just wanted to give you a heads up about some of the great things we've got going on locally in the state. We're headquartered right here, and we're working with farmers in the San Luis Valley to bring you amazing Colorado quinoa, It's just like the South American stuff, but grown locally, We've got transitional wheat flour that's grown by farmers in Colorado and surrounding states who are in the process of of turning their fields into organic. So we're taking that transitional wheat and turning it into flour, and now it's available for you to cook and bake with. And last but not least, we're now cleaning grain berries in Denver. So things like spelt or wheat berries
9: uh, or pearl barley, those are things that we're now doing right here locally and are available to you. Can't wait to share it with you. Hey guys, it's Brian Rizzuto with Encore Energy, the guy who saves your businesses money on natural gas. I know these are crazy, crazy times right now. So while your business is working on increasing your sales, let me work on saving you guys money on your natural gas. I make it as easy as possible. Just provide 12 months worth of natural gas bills to me. I'll do the rest. I know you're really busy, so let me get to work for you. You can reach me at 720. 720- I look forward to hearing from you guys and let me try to save you some money in these crazy times. Hi, Charlie from Brews Beers here and I'd like to tell you about our brand new Abbey 4-Pack featuring the four main products of Abbey and Trappist Breweries in Belgium. So there's the single, the double, the triple and the quadruple. And let's talk about singles today. Singles or Ankles are traditionally monks' beers served at mealtimes and during the day. They're low in alcohol, 3 to 5.5%, and they're often second runnings from uh, stronger beers like triples or quadruples. This one is 3.8% ABV, and it's made from the second runnings from our triple. So what they're known for is lightness and drinkability, their biscuity flavor with distinct hoppiness, And they're very refreshing, great summer beers available at either brews location, 67th and Pecos or at Colfax in York and at fine liquor stores throughout the metro area. Pick up your Abbey Four Pack today and take home some Belgian style badassery.
3: Back to the show in just a second, but before that, it's everybody's favorite time, just like mine, which is time for bread. Aspenbaking.com has been baking the most delicious and fresh bread in the Colorado-Denver area since 1994. Aspenbaking.com is where you go to get hoagies, croissants, bear claws, lobster rolls, batards, Uh, just a a sourdough bowl to put some delicious clam chowder in. If you want to order direct, you can do that. If you want to order online, you can do that. If you want to order with uh, Amazon Fresh, you can do that, too. Aspenbaking.com is where you do all that. You hashtag How's Your Aspen, and then you eat uh, the most delicious bread on planet Earth, basically. Now back to the show.
0: All right. It is a Thursday, September 3rd, as we're barreling through this week. And I'll tell you what, just the change of temperature has been really, really nice. And uh, seeing the skies clear up a little bit too, but it just seems like a whole different week. Happy to do it and happy to have this gentleman join us on the show right now. He's from Westward Magazine. He's a food editor, and his name's Mark Antonation. It's good to see you, Mark. How are you?
8: I'm doing good. Uh, just want to make sure you can hear me. This technology is uh, still crazy for me.
0: It's actually perfect. You got a great map behind you, too. Do you, <laughs> Do you put a pin where your world travels take you?
8: That's Yeah, it's my uh, plan for global food domination. <laughs> so, just point, just at,
0: point somewhere on that map to your favorite region in the world food-wise.
8: Oh, gosh. Right now it's probably, well, let's see, uh, I'm going over here, ah. uh, Southeast Asia. But, you know, it's also good.
0: I was going to, I was wondering if that, and then, I don't know, the, so, somewhere around India is where I'm hanging out right now.
2: Really? Yeah. I, I'm I, I, I'm with Mark. I like really? that. Pacific uh, Rim? I, I, Yeah, I, I really do. I. It's just the people, the food. I, I could eat rice a lot. I mean, now, listen, you take me south of the border, that's another I thing. Know. But I there's you know. There's so
0: many great regions in yeah. the world of food. I don't know, Mark, were you tuned in? Did you see uh, Darren Breeden, the slopper eating champion?
8: I did. Um and uh we interviewed him too, for a story, uh, one of my writers um, at westward and uh you know, I love a good Pueblo slopper. I don't think I could eat more than one, much less eight thirty.
0: I was going to ask you competitive eating boy that takes a special type of person i like to enjoy my food but i have been known to what do you call it roadhouse something just to scarf it right (laughs) scarf it right down but i don't you think you could do competitive eating mark um probably not i kind of i don't like having food
8: on my face so
0: you know i like to it goes from the plate to my mouth you wouldn't be a, a very good uh contestant then i put a a, uh, poll on the, uh, stream today. Have you ever had a slopper? Yes. 62%. No, 23%. And say what is 15%. But it surprises me. Uh, slopper's fairly well known.
8: Yeah. I'm surprised that it's that
0: high too. So, uh, I'm, uh,
8: shout out to your reader, your listeners. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, that's, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like it was a Pueblo thing for so long,
0: yeah, and dude. now it's spreading. No doubt. We're going to actually make a trip into Pueblo this year. Uh, we're doing a second road trip, Mark. Uh, it's the fall road trip, and we're coming up on a fall dinner series as well. It'll be five days in a row with the same ingredients, five different chefs with their take on those ingredients, making different menus with the same ingredients, and uh, kind of the the... Star of this one's Alex Seidel and Rebecca Wiseman will join us, and and um, we'll have uh, Kyle Mendenhall. We're assembling quite a cast and crew for the the fall uh, dinner series, so I'd love for you to join us for one of those. But here we are into the fall and t- the strangest time of year with uh, openings and closing, and we're seeing a lot of movement uh, on the outskirts of town as far as openings and a lot of closing in the more dense populated areas or the high rent districts is what I would say. First of all, give us your overall view, since you're keeping up on the openings and closings, is where you see that most movement as far as openings and closings.
8: Yeah, I was pretty surprised to see the number of new restaurants uh, opening up in, well, mostly the outskirts, like you're saying, and then also kind of uh, in filling some places that have been vacant for you know a year or two or more even uh so that's good to see uh and maybe it's a sign that there's some like real estate deals or lease deals to be had out there um but uh it's still i i think you know it, it's it's rough for the people who are open right now uh especially if
0: they don't have a lot of outdoor seating and
8: Mm-hmm. Um yeah, you know, I'm hoping for the best for
0: them. Absolutely. As far as, how, first of all, how do you get the information on openings and closings? I know you're ears to the ground all the time and folks can email you. I don't know why somebody would want to be so anxious to tell you that they're closing, but hey, maybe it happens. How do you hear about the closings? Uh, yeah, closings are a lot more difficult to find out about,
8: and that's usually why, you know sometimes our lists are a little shorter uh on any given week uh or month, but you know eventually uh either readers will uh send us a note or sometimes uh, you know the restaurant owners or chefs uh want to talk about it i know it's it's a it's like you know a lot of people said it's like uh losing a family member when when they have to close a restaurant uh because they put so much hard work into it. So I understand if people are a little bit, uh, you know, reluctant to talk about it. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we try to keep track of it to let Denver know what's happening, not to, uh, you know, sensationalize anybody's misfortune or, or, you know, sometimes people just retire too. Um, uh, the owners of the Gallup cafe decided to sell their restaurant. Um, you know, at uh, 32nd and was that Zunai? Uh, and uh, I think they're going to, the new owners are going to reopen something fairly similar. Uh, so, you know, those people that have run the cafe uh, have been doing it for a long time. But hopefully the cafe will still be there for the neighborhood.
2: You know, Mark, it's interesting. This is Brian and good afternoon. Thanks for being on the show. Um, did you look at the geographical sort of spread? Bread on your closings um, i thought it was interesting when i looked at that did you did you notice anything about that um you know i'm not sure
8: i noticed anything too specific this time around what were you saying
2: i it was interesting because it was almost like 80 percent of all the closings were downtown um that i right. that i noticed yeah um
8: it's probably a combination of of you know, the like you said, real estate is more expensive in central Denver. And then it's also easier to spot places when they close than, you know, in the outlying areas. Some, sometimes we just never really hear about them or find out about them uh, despite, you know, trying to keep a pretty close eye on things.
0: I'm wondering if I have the most current open and closings. I think I do. Where? Let's see the date on this. The 29th of August is that the most?
2: Current yeah, that's one? the one that just came out. Okay, the other
0: so day. let's do. I mean, I love to see the openings, and you, you, you know, you kind of have this really um, ground level view on these things. What's the theme of folks that are doing the openings? Have they been in the works for over a year and they're just following through, or are people really looking at opportunity right now and opening up some places? It's it's, it's a little confusing to me.
8: I think there's some of both. Um so uh for example, the fifth string um yeah. just opened um on Tejon, uh thirty second I guess yeah, thirty-third in Tejon. Uh and and uh Amos Watts, the chef and owner there, um I it was something he had worked at Old Major previously as their executive chef. He knew Justin Brunson uh, the owner of Old Major pretty well, uh, and so when Justin decided to close Old Major, uh, Amos thought it was a great opportunity for him to start up. So that was, I think, you know, one that kind of came up more on short notice. And then also, there's one called um, Etcetera Eatery that opened up at on South Pearl Street, um, where uh, the owner saw an opening. Uh, and thought it was a great location you know that that kind of uh old south pearl area is really good for restaurants so uh he thought he'd give it a go there um but yeah other places you know they're in the works for a year or two and 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 they're gonna go ahead with it because they've already committed so much time and effort into it
0: Mm -hmm. uh talking about hot areas now let's just go how how do we do this so we'll we'll just name some areas and 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 mark let's play a little game of like hot or not right we can do that rhino (laughs) Rhino, is, is rhino still hot or not
8: oh god i think yeah i mean and there's so much room for for growth because there's i think i mean obviously the pandemic has kind of put a halt on that a little bit but towards the north end up by uh 38th um you know there's there's a lot of new office buildings going in like where the where the pedestrian bridge is over the railroad tracks um so you're seeing i mean there are retail spots opening up there i think there's a place called slaters Fifty Fifty that's a burger chain out of california that just opened up up there um yeah so it might be a little slow now but you know, in a year, that whole area is going to be like the you know closer to the ballpark.
2: What about that Seventeenth Avenue? That's yeah, that's, that's a had a lot of yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, hot or not?
2: You know, it's such
8: a cool neighborhood, and you know, with all the old houses and the architect. Oh, sorry, I'm uh, with all the old houses and architecture and stuff. Um, it does seem like restaurants have a tricky time catching on there, but the ones that do. You know, Steuben's, Ace, Beast and Bottle, uh, and then, you know, like Marchik's,
0: uh, so, Fine Foods. So that would be uptown, right? Like where D Bar is, Las Delicias, uh, the 17th Avenue. Yeah. Sure. So well, it's, it's an interesting stretch
2: because yeah. remember, El Posto used uptown. to be down there. I'm going to call it up and, um, and then when he moved out, it seemed like the Vine, there was a Vine Street and Pub. With, I don't, I'm not sure if that's How about still South Broadway.
0: Yeah. Hot or not?
2: Uh,
8: yeah, I think that's still hot. And especially like the further south you go. Um, really like the post you know, now is like the main area where, you know, the, I guess they call that the Baker neighborhood around, oh. around first and Broadway. Gotcha. Uh, it seems pretty full at the moment. Uh, but yeah, you go further south and, uh, there's a new donut shop where the Winchell's was called wake and bake. That's really awesome and nice. pretty inexpensive. Um, and then, uh, you know, especially you head down to old town Englewood on South, South Broadway, you know, near Hampton. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of fun stuff there. How about cherry Creek hot or not? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think for the right restaurant, the right crowd, it's it's hot you know there are there's new things opening up there uh, a lot of hotel restaurants uh a lot of places coming in uh you know nationally uh i guess richard sandoval has toro there now so you know big name uh something that people are more fami- familiar with yeah for sure uh so you know
0: how about Highlands? Sorry, I was go just going to ask Highlands. At Highlands, hot or not? Uh,
8: you know, I, I, it depends on which stretch. You know, like the uh, West Highlands over by like 32nd and Lowell. Uh, you don't really see a lot of new places opening up there, but the places that are there are great. Um, I, I There's a Sarah's Ramen Enclave I really have always liked. Although there's a new... Bow tie just opened up there uh in the last couple of weeks if you like Thai food how about they, boulder that family has, has two other restaurants uh one in evergreen and one in castle Rock so this is their first one in central Denver
2: yeah and they're awesome by the way i've I've eaten a bow tie up in evergreen many many times and super nice family good just good authentic food
0: How about Boulder Lafayette
8: Oh you know i like if, if i if i move somewhere i'd probably move to like you know lafayette louisville that area because it's just so fun to see that these little towns in like erie um uh Niuat, where they've got these little downtowns with so much great food um
0: i agree with all saw, of that yeah
8: yeah i saw one just open there called bird house uh uh that's the same owners as community in uh, Lafayette, and looks like they're doing uh, ramen and tacos. So it's kind of you know sure thing uh, menu almost, but uh, ho- you know I haven't tried it yet. But hopefully they're doing a good job at both. Now, I, now,
0: I've got one for him here. Okay, one, hold, one second. Well, hold on, I have to point this out as a, as a good advocate for all restaurants. Have you noticed? He hasn't it,
2: said one not hot area. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, which I'm Which is that. fine,
0: but I'm going to get him
2: with I Well, here, I've got, I've got a question that I'm going to have to get him to commit to here. What would you say would be the hottest suburb?
0: He's going to say Aurora. Don't you follow him? No,
2: yeah, but, oh, you, you know. Havana. I city. love Aurora
8: Yeah. Especially, you know, Havana Street uh, that runs, you know, north-south, kind of on the edge of
0: Aurora and Denver. But Federal uh, might think you're cheating on her.
8: <laughs> those are those are my two favorite streets for food in in the whole metro area. Well, and where I was going, um, going is
2: like Arvada. Well, maybe has we got do, a real How about new scene.
8: how about Colfax? Uh, abs- well, Arvada, uh, you know, West Colfax is kind of uh, you know has been on the upswing in Lakewood. Uh, although uh, you know, our everyone's favorite restaurant in Denver, Casa Bonita, I just uh, is amazing. still
0: closed. You, you wrote a piece about it. I actually have, maybe you can give us a preview of this piece. Everybody should go read it. Because when you put down Casa Bonita, everybody's ears perk up, right? Because <laughs> I, the, the notoriety is there. But uh, here it is. W- what's the headline? The headline is, will Casa Bonita ever reopen? And, and then I thought there was another one that said something about, is it a COVID casualty? Talk about Casa Bonita for a minute, if you would.
8: Well, it's just you know it's been here forever. Uh, anybody who grew up in Denver went there for birthday parties, you know, family gatherings when they were kids, and then you grow up and you go back and and it's like this theme park for you know just a fun time. Uh, you know, I don't think most people go there for the food. Um, but, you know, the cliff divers and the gorillas and the grottos and the margaritas and sopapillas, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. It's uh, for kids. I, I actually, I, ha- I have an admission, though. Uh-oh. Uh, and this is the first time I've ever said this publicly. I have never been.
0: <laughs> because wow. because it's not known for its culinary? Uh,
8: it, it's just one of those because I, I moved to college, i moved to denver when i was 16 so i think i was a little too old to miss you know the 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 younger side of it and then i was in college so never made it over there uh and then it just never happened so all my friends who you know love the place and have been there dozens of times are like oh we got to take you there one of these days and then so it probably would have happened this summer except hey, that they're
0: not open hey mark you just made yeah. me, you've made me feel comfortable. I'm a 48. You're Denver native, and I've never been to Casa Bonita. Both of you haven't.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, see. You were born here, so tri- I, I think you know somehow. Yeah. Somehow fate just never brought you there.
0: If they reopen, Mark, can we go out on a date to Casa Bonita? Absolutely.
2: <laughs> you guys, it's funny because I've been there a few times and I have you kids. You have kids, and, yeah. And, um, but I w- someone took me there because when I first came into the state back in the early 90s, people were like, oh, you have to go to this
0: place. Was it everything you ever wanted it to be? Uh, of course not. Um,
2: but it's one of those places that you can't say anything bad about because it's just so like, it's so warm and fuzzy. You go in there and the people are nice and they're trying to, even though you feel like you're being herded because the way you got to start, the whole thing is in a, it's a buffet kind of line. Do you you ever remember a
0: place called the yum yum tree?
8: Oh yeah. I think that was open right when I moved here, uh, or had closed previously, uh, Cause my family used to visit Denver occasionally, even before we moved here. And so I do remember the place. Uh, I was pretty young though.
2: Yeah. I I got a one for you, Mark. What is a place that's closed that you miss or even like changed ownerships like pasta J's or not pasta J's, but J's, uh, down on South Broadway, J's noodle or something changed ownerships. It was never the same. Um, do you, do you have any places Mm -hmm. like that that you miss?
8: Oh, all of them. God, that's such a hard question. Um, Yeah, so, well, you said J's, and I immediately, I was thinking at first of JJ Chinese Seafood on Alameda uh, that closed a few years ago. That was, you know, one of the best Chinese restaurants in Denver, and uh, they stayed open a little late. So if you went, you know, towards the end of the night, like at 11 o'clock, you'd probably see somebody new like a chef from another restaurant or something. Um, So uh, that one I do miss. And, and it's now a hot pot place that I've been to. That's pretty good. Um, But
0: it, you know, not quite the same. I love this and taking time for us today, Mark Antonation Westward. We don't get it often. We don't get a chance often to catch up. So sorry if we're taking this a little too long, but uh, just really love your take on food in, in Denver it, it, all together and Colorado. I mean, basically, but uh, I want to do a little something called deep dive with Mark Amptonation. Give us something that's like you haven't eaten there. I know you haven't. Don't even lie. But Mark Antonation has. What's that deep dive? Uh, uh, so someplace I haven't eaten? No, someplace that you've eaten, but you know we haven't.
8: Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, okay, so, and I'm not
0: even sure if they're open
8: right now, but there's a little restaurant in Aurora. Um, it's on the second floor of an office building. It's called Mana Korean Restaurant, and it has like three tables in it. It looks like it was maybe at one time the cafeteria for the office building. Um, the most amazing Korean soups I've ever had and, and using ingredients that I, you know, I had to look up because I had no idea what I was eating. Um, So just, you know, very uh, traditional Korean stone bowl soups and, and noodles and things. Uh, And yeah, you know, even you look on Yelp and they've got one review Uh, and they've been around for several years.
0: Mana M-A-N-A. M-A-N-N-A, although
8: I think the, the translation from the Korean alphabet is, is tricky with that one because I've seen it spelled a couple different ways, but I think it pops up as MANA uh, if you Google it.
0: When, so you have so many places that you probably should go and see. What makes you go into a corner office in a second floor of a place? <laughs> like what, what brings you to a place <laughs> like that? Uh, usually you know something like that i think somebody else told me
8: about it uh and and then it took me like another year to to remember to get over there um but yeah just the idea that that there's something interesting that you know th- th- there's such a great korean community in aurora um that's been growing for a number of years and 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 finding food that is traditional for them and that i've never tried before it just gives me a glimpse into the way people eat you know outside of my personal culture and community I,
3: i've got a i've got, got a question for you we're we're on the korean thing and and i live out in aurora and i see you know uh, a ton of korean restaurants and and love them. W- What's your take on cooking your own food at the table with the Korean barbecue thing? And you have the hood and it I mean, it's, I, I guess it's cool, but, and I've only done it once, but when I did it halfway through, I'm like, I don't want to cook the food anymore. Like, I'd rather it just come out cooked. <laughs>
0: the novelty wore off? Yeah,
3: the novelty um, wore for me. And maybe it's just because I've been it. in the restaurant business so long that it, it wore off real fast. And It's and, like
0: bagging your own groceries you, to you? Well,
3: but yeah, but even worse than that, though, because it's, you know, and I don't know. And I'm not trying to make light of it or make a joke or anything, it's, it's but it, like serious, you it's know, novelty. like halfway through, I'm like, I'd rather not cook the rest of this stuff. I'd rather just eat dinner.
0: I think that was more of a... I, you know... Uh,
8: I think any restaurant like that, where where you some of the preparation is up to you, uh, it, it takes you got to go a few times to kind of get the hang of it. Um, one of the places that I really like, it's a, a Korean pub on Havana called Thanksul Pocha, and uh, I ordered a, a chicken dish with rice. It comes with rice balls. And you just get a bowl of rice and a pair of food service gloves, and you get to make your own rice balls. But it's got all this stuff you know, mixed in with it, like seaweed and uh, sesame oil, and they're really tasty. And then you can dunk them in the sauce the chicken comes with and uh, pretty good stuff.
3: So the Korean restaurant folks are super geniuses, and they're getting us to do some of the prep. To take that
0: into <laughs> <of> more of <laughs> like no, it's a
2: It's a cultural yeah. thing, guys, yeah. I think, because when I was over in China, the you know, we had several meals at a place where they started off with the broth and it's they walk you out a, a plate of, a big bowl of broth, put it right in the center of the plate or in the center of a table that's got heat, and then you throw stuff, mm-hmm. you take your broth, you throw different things, it's got like a lazy Susan and you're adding stuff. Isn't that more of a, a, a Eastern thing, Mark? Well, I think it's just it's
8: uh it's a kind of I think it's maybe a bar food kind of thing where it's an experience that you go with your friends and you're all drinking and ha- you're having beers or uh you know other uh, Korean beverages. Saki. Uh and it's just kind of dive in and have fun. Uh so it's it's probably not like what you would have if you went to somebody's house in Korea but it's definitely it's a it's a full on entertainment you know going out Experience.
3: Well, they, you know, they better be up on their insurance because if you did, like, nine sake bombs and then decided to grill your forearm, you know, <laughs> along with the pork,
0: <laughs> Boil you, you know,
3: yeah, I mean, I'd just be re- queued up. Somebody in a suit turns the corner and is like, well, I'll fill this out, yeah, you know.
0: Absolutely. Mark, your riding style, the other day we were having a, a conversation about the former riders here in town. What was the name of the one guy who nobody even knew what he looked like, but he'd go in and just hammer places?
2: Oh, Sheehan. Was that uh, – mike sheehan i think that that was well, i can't what was it jason jason yeah yeah he was, was brutal one
0: of the best writers i've read you know in denver that's what i but but it wasn't i mean you you don't ever ever speak illy i'm in i don't know i don't think you do but you generally write very positive about each and every place or you just don't write about it at all is that a fair assessment
8: Well, I guess the difference between me and Jason is that he was a restaurant critic, and I'm not. I'm, you know, a food writer, journalist. uh, And he's a journalist too, but his job was restaurant critic. So for the longest time, it was his goal to remain anonymous uh, and to give an evaluation of his dining experience, which can sometimes be negative. Um, My job is more, uh, you know, certainly with new restaurants is uh, I'm calling out that there's a new restaurant and what kind of food they are, uh, what, you know, their service goals are like. Um, So I can't really do anything negative in that light because that would be pretty unfair for me to walk into a restaurant that's not even open yet and uh, write something negative about them. Uh, But I also, you know, I'm also in the business business of exploring restaurants and, and finding things that that people may not have had before or uh you know is new to the Denver area, that kind of thing. So uh it's more about I mean if it looks positive it's because I'm trying to shine the light on on uh what's out there uh rather than calling attention to you know, specific service problems or, you know, is the, where the chicken wings dry that day or whatever.
2: Mm. Is critics are, do you yeah. think critics are dying? Do you think critics are still, I mean, because now Yelp has got, Everybody. we've got critics 5 Man. million critics on Yelp yeah. every day. Um, do you right. think, yeah. <laughs> uh,
8: I, I think there's definitely still a, a role for that. You know, it's tough right now during COVID because it's like, you know, this is just survival time for restaurants. And uh, I wouldn't want that job right now. But in general, I think, yeah, it's great. You know, if, if, if you're going to go out and spend $200 on a meal uh, and you've never been there before, you can trust strangers on Yelp to tell you, you know, that their napkin wasn't folded right. Uh, or you can turn to, you know, whoever, say, you know, Pete Wells of the New York Times, who knows the city, knows food, uh, and has has taken the time in his career to understand food and cooking and service. Uh, and those are the people that, you know, you trust. Uh, I think it's harder these days because, uh, you know, the, the journal, journalism industry as a whole it's tough to make a living. Uh, you know, people tend to not uh, pay attention to who's writing things. They just want to see a headline and a picture and then move on.
0: Yeah. Uh, a top 10 or uh, the, you know, best patios or places to eat or number one margarita type of thing is, is really what people... I, I don't know, Mark, you, you go out a lot and you, you know a lot of people. I, I, certainly you have an opinion and I would read it on a, on a critic's <laughs> end. But get, give me an idea of what you – so no names, no plate It just an idea of something that you w- would have your last beef at a restaurant. Like this is what you experienced and give us an idea of what it was. Can we can, – can I'm sorry, but that's I a great – I think that we've ran them over go. time. I don't think oh. I can run them through a break. Uh,
3: it's a short one. That's just such a great <laughs> teaser. That's such
0: a good teaser for the next one. Can you hang around for a second, Mark? Sure. Yeah, no problem. Be back in 60 seconds with that question. All right. Mark Antonation continues on The Modern Eater.
4: We started Meridian Spirits because we love the way that spirits and cocktails can bring people together to socialize, to bond, to have conversations. Well, right now we've got some big conversations to have. Coop Vodka and Coop Gin are available at liquor stores across the metro area, but if you can't find us or would like to have us behind your bar or at your restaurant, send us an email, info at com. We know things are a little different these days, but think of us the next time you're planning a virtual happy hour or a socially distant picnic, and keep an eye on our social media, Coop by Meridium, for all the latest and greatest.
6: Hey, Dave Divido here! <laughs> Hey friends of the Modern Eater, this is Dave Thibodeau from Ska Brewing and Peach Street Distillers. I wanted to let you know that our new brew brewstillery is up and running again in Boulder. And we've got a uh, great selection of Ska beers, nearly 30 on tap. We've also got all of our Peach Street Spirits available. A great mixology program that we brought down from the, from the Western Slope and Palisade. We're open limited hours Wednesday through Friday from 3 to 10 And then we open up earlier at 10 a.m. on Saturday and Sunday and get some brunch action rolling. We have two great patios. Socially distant seating is available. And you can always check for more information at scostreet.com. And hope we become your new favorite neighborhood spot. And I'd like to meet you there in the not-too-distant future for a beer or a drink soon. So take care, be healthy, and stay strong. And I'll talk to you later.
4: Guys, it's Cody Ann from Aspen Baking Company. We specialize in fresh, preservative-free, amazing bread. But with all the food news, go right here to the Modern Eater.
0: Okay, welcome back. It's a Thursday, September third. Big day tomorrow. We're going to be down at uh, Logan Street and Carboy uh, out on their patio. Snap, call him Snap. His uh, uh, Snubnowski, as I believe is his name. He was on the Nine News piece talking about uh, survival into the next quarter and how patios are so crucial for the existence for a lot of restaurants. I tend to agree, at least outdoor accommodations have been very helpful with those variances. We continue on with Mark Antonation from Westward. And Mark, when I left off with a terrible question, but I think it's a good one because I trust your opinion <laughs> on, on not only food, but front of the house, back of the house, everything, even even the bar program as well. You must have you, all experiences can't be good experiences. But if you were a critic without naming names, can you just give us a scenario of like your last bad dining experience and what was involved with it? Oh, I, I probably have to go back uh, pretty
8: far to have to remember a bad dining experience like you were furious, uh, like walk out I'll, of a movie theater
0: you, type of thing.
8: The single worst dining experience I have was at a uh, it was a Moroccan restaurant that's no longer in business on Colorado Boulevard and um I ordered uh waited for about 45 minutes and finally I, I couldn't like there was just nobody around to talk to so I walked back poked my head in the kitchen reminded me them that I was there guy comes back puts down the food and it wasn't what I ordered so I pointed it out, and he said, oh, just eat it. You'll like it, and walked off again.
0: Oh, did you like so, it?
8: It was good, yeah. But yeah. it's not what you but, are.
0: That's ballsy. That is really yeah. ball- So you have good patience, though, right? I mean, obviously.
8: Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, not and not just at restaurants. I, I think for me, uh, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt uh, cause you never know when you're the one who's had a bad day and, and, a, and, and somebody's going to be relying on you for something and you just gotta, you know, power through. Uh, and so many of these people, especially right now, I think just, you know, kindness towards your servers and bartenders and, and cooks is, is the way to go.
0: Yes, it is. What are you more tolerant with, um, uh, food or service uh a yeah,
8: little of both,
0: <laughs> little of both. a little comes up it yeah have you ever I, have you ever walked out of a place because you just you weren't see you, you nobody came by and off your water or a menu or like where's your tolerance level to when you just skip out of there
8: uh yeah it's happened occasionally uh i i remember walking into a burger place once and the the smell of the the like kind of bad fryer oil you know mm-hmm. uh just hit me right off the bat and i just turned around and walked out um that you know or, or sometimes i'll just look at a menu and, and and nothing's appealing to me so i'll leave that's fair uh, i think
0: that's fair yeah to do
2: But but, and I think what Mark said earlier. Well, you remember
0: our last experience? It was in Salida, Colorado. Tell tell us what you would have done with this, Mark. We were in Salida, Colorado. (laughs) We were out on a patio in the middle of the street, right? So, dining in the street. We got. um, Server was pleasant enough. I thought she she was was very nice. She was great. Um, The The ambiance was okay. You know, was what it was. But we got cold Mm -hmm. queso, lobster queso. Brian didn't like that one bit. And then what <laughs> What else did we order? It, it prevented you from wanting to even eat there further at that point in time. And then the table that was just adjacent to us ordered the same lobster queso. Theirs was also cold. They sent theirs back as well. And when they both came out, they came out together. We could have gotten theirs. They could have gotten ours, man. And I'm sure it was. Yeah. Well, you're
3: just guessing it. Now. Uh, no, well, no, 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 no.
2: Listen, there was no. There, it guessing.
3: was not. We, That's like a situation where you hope you get yeah. there so we you were, have
0: more to bitch about. We no. were talking no. with the
2: table next to us because they said the same thing. They were like, do you know? Did we get yours? Did you get ours? So but that wasn't. That a,
0: didn't want to make you eat anymore. I go
2: back yeah. to the bowl of grease. Yeah. And it, we we got at the last place. We were at Keystone. Mark, we got here's Polaris. my last one for you.
0: What are you working on, Mark? Uh, westward over there as well. And, oh, actually, one more before one more. Broadway market. What's your take on Broadway, Broadway market right now?
8: Oh, you know, uh, I think they kind of had a tough time reopening just because, you know, the rules are really strict right now for big places like that that can't seat very many people in it. But the food's amazing. Uh you know, especially like those tacos are are uh some of the best around. Well uh, out of, you don't
0: see out of respect they uh, should just name it Silvas, shouldn't they, instead of Broadway Market?
8: I think so, yeah, yeah. But like how often do you see actual a uh, spit of of Al Pastor, you know, that they're uh cooking um for your tacos? Most of the time it's you know, frozen or Cooked ahead of time or something.
2: Well, what, I'm curious. So, what's your take on the next? There's another. I, this is to me, it's a little ballsy. Ask him. There's Colorado Boulevard is going to have a new food hall. You you know oh, about? right. I yeah. mean, and there's a big chef where? In there. Where? I mean, you don't know about Grange. Grange Hall. Where is it? It's uh, it's where Big Wave is going to be. Troy's new place. It's uh, right at where's that South Colorado Boulevard and um, it's not yeah, South Yeah, I twenty five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Where's,
8: Evan, David, Colorado. David. Uh, there's a light rail stop there, so interesting. Yeah. Do you yeah. think Am it's going to be
2: hard? I mean, do you think it's uh, opening another food hall right now?
8: I, yeah, I think it's going to be hard uh, um, because I don't know what commuter traffic is like right now, but, and that might be a big part of their business. Um, if they can hang on through the winter and you know come out in the spring then then maybe things will be better then. So, uh, but I wish him luck. You know, it's tough.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Is, yeah. <laughs> What's Westward working on? What do you got planned for us? And, and what do you anticipate to see uh, needing support for coming into this fourth quarter and into the uh, new year? Well, I think,
8: yeah, we're going to have to figure out how to
0: transition from everyone
8: eating outside to, to uh, you know, safe indoor dining and uh, takeout food, you know, figuring out what, how to, how to make everything that's on a, on a restaurant's menu good for takeout uh, because people are going to rely on that more, I think in the winter months and it's probably harder to make money that way.
0: Do you feel fine eating indoors? I feel fine eating indoors.
8: Uh, I really have not done much indoor dining, uh, so far, um, you know, most of my restaurant experiences over the past two, three months have been, uh, outdoors. So I, I'm a little cautious, but I don't want to dissuade anybody else because restaurants are in the business of keeping you safe. That's, yes. you know, they've been doing that. That's their livelihood is, is serving food safely. And, and they're trying to do that now under a, the rules they've got, and and I think so far um, I haven't heard of incidents of, you know, big customer outbreaks of COVID, you know, mm-hmm. uh, compared to uh, other types of businesses.
0: Well, you're a leader, man. I encourage you. Eat inside a little bit more. People need to see inside. Follow the leaders, right? <laughs> uh, have, we're gonna Tomorrow will be at Logan Street. Have you eaten there yet?
8: I have, yeah. It's awesome. Uh, it's a, I, I love what they did with that space, you know, kind of joining everything all on that block together and with the wine bar and the food, it's, uh,
0: it's a good deal. I'll tell you, they're one smart group, the Angelos and Ivy Street and Logan Street and Carboy. Uh, those are some really, really innovative, smart people. And you can tell uh, why in the face of COVID right now that they actually have some traction. And, um, yeah, Mark, quick round. What, uh, what? beer
2: or wine? Beer.
0: beer. Okay, you like beer, sake? Yeah, or beer?
2: Uh, I,
8: I like sake in the right circumstances. Uh, I'll drink it, uh, but mo- mostly uh, I'm still a beer guy.
2: Chinese or Mexican?
9: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good it answer. <laughs> Look it dude up.
0: you spent some time with us thanks for the half an hour out of your life that you'll never get back uh but we always appreciate your time and say hello to amy for us and i'm glad you guys are doing well stay safe you too thanks for having me on yeah you bet Thank there you, he mark. is he's always a crowd pleaser mark antonation just a hell of a nice guy
2: smile you know? on his face so we did give him something a little bit of a smile sometimes but
0: i love his positivity at all times um Mark is one of those guys to, in, in, at least in my estimation, if he doesn't have something good to say or to promote somebody in a positive way, he just doesn't do it at yeah. all. So, and that's a class act. Man. Yeah. And, and, and I know that it's probably very difficult for Mark when he does see those restaurant closings, um, because just like anything else, everybody's a family and friends and just a community of people together. We want to see everybody thrive. So, um, Some situations will go away. Other situations will be born. But um, wish the best to everybody, right? Big things for us. We need to get to work. Uh, Falldinnerseries.com. Falldinnerseries.com. Is it up? Not yet. Okay. (laughs) Wait for (laughs) it. Uh, I'm trying launch date tomorrow, Friday. Faith will be back here in studio. I've got to get the marketing materials done. We have so much going on, but you can look forward to this. Scott Hibernath, uh, Rebecca Weissman. Uh, Kyle Mendenhall, uh, Alex Seidel, these are all heavy hitters, and we've got one more spot we're trying to shore up today, but tomorrow we should have all five of those chefs ready for uh, a great week of culinary fair at um, stepping off at uh, Logan Street. Well, and I
2: want to give people a little tease of what's going to go on next week real quick, Greg, if you don't mind.
0: (laughs) You bet, man. You know, because
2: we're we're taking the modern eater
0: on the road.
2: You know, we have – we, we need to go see. Yeah, we, we need to go. See we need for to our see goal. what's going Southwest on in other Florida. places. And I
0: love the uh, the agriculture and the culinary in Southwest Florida. I actually invited you to a, a group there. Did you see it a Facebook group? Where to eat in two three nine?
2: Oh, I didn't see that. I oh, will jump on that. Yeah. Uh,
0: so what we're going to do is we're going to head out on the road and we're going to do it beach style, but uh, with Colorado uh, in us, you got to know where you go, and uh, we will be responsibly heading out and traveling. Into the uh, lovely state of Florida to uh, to have our take on what the culinary and agriculture scene is like. So that's all next next week. Jay's afraid to fly, so he won't be going. Yeah. If it was like Colorado Springs, would you be going? I mean, nine days. Yeah.
3: Oh, if I could, you know, if I could just drive there. I mean, is it just
0: your excuse type of? Because you could drive there. Get in your car now. We'll see you Saturday.
3: Hey, well, obviously that's—I mean, realistically, you no, be because I have. Week. Well, I have so much stuff, to, yeah. you know, next to do Thursday, that. That's like two a days week of driving. from
0: today. You have a big event that you're going to be helping out with with the uh, Denver Food and Wine.
3: Yeah, yeah, um, they're doing a wine tasting and um, Virtual. demonstration virtually. You know, uh, of course, with uh, Riedel a company, a glassware company to where sw- they swear, even s- stuff down to Coca-Cola, she says, I'm going to bring you a glass to drink a co-. She goes, do you drink soda and all that? I said, unfortunately, I do. I wanna, you know. She goes, what? and this is a little bit off topic, right? But they're, no, they're doing good. wine, and it's how you drink wine. It matters so much. Yes, on what does. you're putting it in, and, and, and 90% of the population still don't believe it or don't yeah. get it. How
0: you aerate so, it. Right. So it they're like,
3: she's like, we're going to blow your mind with wine. And I go, well, I said, I don't, you know, I don't do wine. And she goes, do you drink soda? I said, yeah. She goes, it's you know, same principle from carbonated something. So she goes, I'm going to bring you a cup that I want you to pour your soda in and drink this soda versus what you know, whatever out of the cup. And I said, uh, okay. She's like, it'll blow your mind.
2: It's Rydell. But you're right. There. Well, Riedel is what Riedel. they
3: told me on the phone today, specifically when Riedel. I said, I don't know if I want to call a Riedel or Riedel or Riedel or any. And Riedel they said, is a and uh, they chin
0: strap and a helmet. Okay. If you ever they it. said Riedel. Yeah, well,
3: and you want to know how? I don't know what the expression is phonetically, one. how I phonetically remember, yeah. is read a book. Riedel. Huh. I said it's read, like read a book, Riedel. They said Good yes. Now listen,
2: I must be saying it wrong. My they whole might, life, they, I, I, I totally could be wrong because I know it's a very famous. Well, yeah, I heard him get corrected. Stemware, um, I, I glass don't
3: glassware. Put, you know, put it this way: I don't know if I, I wouldn't bet my thumbs I'm saying it right. <laughs> All I know is that I was, you know, I took information from people. I'm hoping know more about it than I do. So they no, said, it's a, it's a crystal company,
2: Riedel. and they make uh, they make very fine, yeah,
3: glass stemware."
0: Thank you to the uh, Pueblo Chamber of Commerce. We'll see more of you, especially. Um, to Colorado State Fair. They're going to do a lot of it online, and they also have a great farmer's market that's going on. But the Chili Festival and, and some of their that, restaurants. Yeah. We're well, go. but
2: it's, there's some cool stuff going down in Pueblo, and I'll tell you, it's, it's a very inexpensive place to live and to visit, and I'd encourage people. You know, it used to be in the banana belt. <laughs> I'd encourage you to you,
3: move down there and go out to
2: dinner. Yeah. Well, but it, it, do you know what the banana belt and bread belt is? It runs yes. right in southern Colorado, and that's where uh, Pueblo used to be in the heart of that.
0: So we will be in the sunny state of Florida from the fifth through the fourteenth. We'll be back on the fourteenth. We'll stay for about a week, and then we're going to head out on the road the twenty-first through, through the twenty-seventh. And the that's
3: nine days, man. That's not a week.
0: The twenty-first through twenty-seventh.
3: Oh no, you said from the you're you're in Florida for yeah, nine days. Nine days. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. And then we're back in the twenty-first through twenty-seventh. We hit the road for our fall road trip. To go gather ingredients for what? Fall Dinner Series. And that's the 28th through October 2nd. Um, You might want to mark your calendars. If your ears perked up and you heard Alex Seidel, that's the 30th of September. Uh, So mark your calendar for that. We will have Eventbrite links and uh, event pages on Facebook ready to go for you tomorrow, Friday, as we launch that series. Give another
2: big name, though, man. Rebecca. Rebecca Weissman, yeah. She's huge. How
0: you I mean we got to do Kyle. All. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, who else? Scott. Scott Scott who? Hibbinneth.
2: Do you like that? I threw it I it a little bit instead of Hibneth. Hibneth? I don't know. We're gonna work he, with it. We're gonna talk to him and we're gonna find out. Ridle. Rydal.
0: All right. uh, Thank you very much, Pueblo Chamber of Commerce, for hooking us up with uh, competitive eater Darren Breeden, slopper champ, and just an all-around good guy. Uh, Thank you to Carrie Fetty, owner owner of Gray's Coors Tavern in Pueblo, home of the slopper right? Well, I need to go down there and get one of those bad boys. And uh, Mark Antonation from Westward, just again, thank you so much, Mark, for uh, joining us for about a half an hour on the show today. And uh, Jay Parker, great work putting together today's show. Brian Freeman, as always. We will kick that rock down the road. I'm Greg back. We'll wish you a great Thursday. And we'll see you tomorrow on the Modern Eater Show live from Logan Street.